I am your father. This is, this is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Yo, what it do, what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you are listening to the Established 1984 podcast, man. And on this episode, man, I know a lot of people have heard me say this, that I was waiting to do any more episodes, whether that was another episode with Cash, whether that was Swords, whether that was Vernon or, or anybody else, until I had one episode that was probably the most important episode that I feel like I'm ever going to do because this is by far the most one of the if not the most important person in the world to me that i am so happy to have on the podcast um for a lot of people they're gonna be surprised that that me and this person are finally speaking again but i'm excited to sit down and talk to this person catch up and and just kind of talk a little bit about what our relationship was like what this person's doing now and just go through that whole thing we freestyling it today man because me and this person know each other so well there's no reason to have to have a script and have a series of questions man in a sense really this is the ultimate podcast <laughs> for those of you who haven't caught that one man i have toya cousins on the line formerly known as toya goodman also miss innocence or as some people might know her as uh miss new Blood Entertainment. Toya, how are you? Yay, yay. I'm well, I'm well. How are you? I am I am exceptional. How was that introduction? Did it did it meet all the expectation that I think people had based on this this episode finally coming it out? Was, it was too much. It was too much. <laughs> it's all good, but man. I'm seriously, I'm so excited to to finally get a chance to do this episode with you. I think um I think it's been long overdue. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you <laughs> reaching out. <laughs> for sure, man. It only took, oh, I don't know, 10 whole years, but it's all good. Um, <laughs> so I think, um, I think honestly, um, I guess the best place to start, as we have with just about anybody that's from Duval County, is from the very beginning. You are, you are a Duval County native, so of course, like all Duval County natives do, represent your hood, tell everybody where you're from, what side of town you represent. Well, before I do that, I, I do need to clarify some things. I'm actually not a Duval native. Um, I'm from pre-Duval, which is Kingsland, Georgia. As soon as you cross over into the Georgia border, where it says, Welcome to Georgia, that's actually where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I moved here, Lord, I don't know how long ago that was. A long time ago, how about that? And I've been here ever since. So I'm a South Sidean, representing the Arlington area, South Side. And uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so obviously, um, what would you say in your childhood was like growing up in Jacksonville? How do you feel like uh, growing up in Jacksonville helped shape you as a person? Well, coming from Georgia, uh, growing up here initially was awful. I swear that everything was a joke to everyone because of my quote-unquote accent. (laughs) So that was hard, but I grew to learn how to navigate through those waters. I learned how to rank real quick. So (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, but otherwise, you know, I grew up with a strong family presence. Actually, the neighborhood that I grew up with is pretty much all family owned. So I grew up with my cousins and, you know, just having a great time, living life. Um, formative years were, in my eyes, great. Um, being that, you know, I had, you know, of course, some difficulty with growing up. One of my parents was incarcerated. Um, but he, he still never missed the beat. And, you know, I, I feel like it shaped me in a positive way, whereas you can grow up in a community with people who are uh, are family, but not even blood related to you, because I grew up around my stepfather's family, but um, still able to thrive and, you know, have great relationships even until now. I think, you know, childhood was pretty good. Okay. Um. Obviously, this this podcast tends to center around music and, and hip hop and things like that, and we'll get into the career endeavors later on down the line. But let's talk about in the early years. Um, did you have any musical influences? Was there a lot of music? Was it R and B, hip hop? Was there a lot of music played in your household? And did music have a role in kind of shaping you as a person? Absolutely. I think uh, just as a culture, black uh, people in general. Everybody grew up with music in the house, but I, I think uh, with me growing up, especially around my grandmother, um, I would spend my summers out in the Fernandina, Nassau County area, and music was very big in her household, in my mom's house. Um, I grew up on, you know, some older type stuff, you know, listening to old school R&B, some Anita Baker, um, you know, Luther Vandross, all of that. Um, and I, I feel like that's where my love for music has grown from. My grandma, the type of grandmother, she would walk around the house, she's humming something. And I, it got to the point after a while I can name that too. I already know what song she's singing. And that's something that I can still do. I hear a little piece of a song and, you know, I, I know it. You know? Right. Um, I, I, I'm raising my kids the same way. My daughter is absolutely like that. So it's really funny to see her have a love for music as well. But I grew up, um, I've always been a dancer, mm-hmm. you know. Let us let a song come on its own, you know. Um, <laughs> that helped me later on. So yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I just just growing up and getting into hip hop as a as a teen, um, you couldn't tell me nothing about pop. Um, I was like the biggest fan. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about nobody else. Like that that was who I was going to marry when I grew up. You know, right. age difference didn't matter to me. Mark <laughs> Kelly jump right there. Um, yeah, so um, music has always definitely been influential. Um, I don't know, I just I guess it's a part of who I am, in a sense. Right, no pun intended. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there in a second. Now, one thing that yeah. we definitely have to talk about is is your time at Sandalwood High School because, and the reason why we specifically need to talk about that time is is contrary to I think what some young people today might think, um, Sandalwood High School, as far as student students that were there around that time period that you and I both graduated from high school, so that 1998 to like 2004 period of time as you see yeah. people come in and graduate, has some of the most influential uh, musicians to ever come out of the city. You've got Swords, you've got Grand Prix, yeah. you've got Pretty Ricky, you've got yourself. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about life at Sandalwood High School? Was was music a big thing there? Was hip hop like really a big thing or was it just kind of or did it all happen by accident? Walk me through that. Absolutely. I think it was very key and influential. That's one of the reasons uh, probably why my love for hip hop and dancing were cultivated um, is going to Sandalwood. I remember uh 
first day of my freshman year, they had a pep rally um, in the little amphitheater section of Sandalwood. Those of you that um, have attended, you know exactly what I'm talking about, little semicircle stairs. And um, it was it was right then and there. I just knew that music was going to be what's up. You know, like the whole school, in a sense. Uh, I'm going to stop saying it. I didn't even mean to say it, but that, that was <laughs> don't worry. We're we gonna don't don't worry about it. You're good. We'll and we'll come back <laughs> to why that's a like, thing. Like we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, go ahead. But I didn't even realize how much I said it until you said it earlier. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That's that's when I knew that you know me play play dancing and you know how I used to play with my cousins and we'll do a little dance routine. No, nah, this is going to be a part of who I am. Um, I've always been in love with the drum line, you know. Uh, so just give me a good beat. I, I, I love to hear the cadences. I, I love to just being around people that have a good time, enjoying themselves. So that that became key instrumental for me. But that's how I came to know all the people that you've already named. You know, basically at school, seeing them having a good time. I've, I've seen cats cultivate their rapping and rhyming skills right in school. You know, we're at lunch. You know, you're beating on the table. You got, you know, young blood over there whooping. You got grandpa over there rapping. You know, like just just seeing people still doing some of the same things they were doing in high school. But in in school, it was um, it, it wasn't anything that you know. You know, you some people they graduate from college, they learn the skill set, and they're great at it. And this is what they're known for. You see these people taking the gifts that they already are talented in and cultivating them into a lifestyle and seeing them do great things. That that's pretty much the gist of my sandalwood experience. Right. Right. So okay, no, no class running like Oak too. <laughs> <laughs> so to that point, you graduated in two thousand and two from Sandalwood High School, and you know, obviously, me and you have a history, but that doesn't come until much later. So walk me through those yeah. years before I'm in. I'm involved. You graduate from high school, and what's life like? You know, two thousand and three, two thousand and four, two thousand and five. What are you What are you doing at at that point? Okay, well. Um I think when we graduated from high school, me and a couple of my homegirls, we had a little dance group. And uh, at that time, we were doing just different, different events. You know, uh, I remember the most probably memorable one that we did was there was this TV show that was around, like a syndicated TV show. This guy would travel you know, from city to city with dance groups. And uh, it was called the Philly Brown Show. Okay. And to us, that was like a big deal. We're going to Philly Brown, you know, we're going to get up there, we're going to do our thing, yada, yada, yada. And that's actually how I met my daughter's father. Like, they were one of the dance groups that were on there that was like the Dirty Duval dancers. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, dancing music was really big back then. And, you know, a, a lot changed once I became pregnant that summer of '02. So, just graduated, <laughs> just getting out of my house, and boom pregnancy you know so um it was really interesting i think um for me because uh fall of oh two moms was not having it uh you still going to school you're still doing yada 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 i had my ideas and dreams of what i wanted to do because i was really into cosmetology back then as well i had braid hair you know at school um so that's what i wanted to do but moms had other plans and put me in the car with my pregnant behind and took me up to UNF and enrolled me. So um, a lot had changed. Um, went into the work field. Um, and after a while, just life happened, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, I, of course, I had my daughter. was working nights, taking care of my child, mm-hmm. still going to school. 
I remember, I think it was summer 03, she was sitting in class with me, you know. Trying to make it work. Hey, you and F, you had your daughter sitting in class with <laughs> yes. you. That's crazy. And and, and nobody, no one even knew she was there until about the end of class. It was time for me to burp her, I guess. I can't remember like the exact details, <laughs> but you know, she, she cried a little bit. And everybody turns around, the whole auditorium just turns around, and I'm like, oh gosh. And the teacher keeps going, you know, good job, and, and keeps going with the class. So uh, to me, that was an amazing experience, but that was also my last semester, just due to other life situations. Right. Um, and just, you know, trying to be the best mother. Like, I couldn't put my dreams and my, the things that I want to do on, on pause for her, but, you know, that was also the beginning of a really dark period for me. Right. So, I mean, and it, it's up to you to kind of talk about that dark period. Um, you know, um, do you want to discuss a little bit of that or do you want to move on into how you start getting into the the industry professionally and, and get this, this legendary name, Innocence? <laughs> well, repeat the beginning of your sentence. My head's disconnected. And so I heard, you know, <laughs> do I want to talk about that? Like, do you want to talk a little bit about that that dark period um, after having oh. your daughter and before you get to, um, forgive me for not knowing the name of the group that, that you were in prior to us meeting. <laughs> but, you know, do you want to talk about that or you want to move to more towards um, the... I mean, to me, it's fine because it still kind of runs into the uh, story of how I got into what I was doing. But, um, okay. um, you know, just, you know, how you're young and you, you think you're grown, you think you got life figured out and you go off and you want to do your own thing. So I moved out of my mother's house uh, to, to live with my child's father because, you know, in my mind, this is how it's supposed to happen. You know, right. You're supposed to do and take care of your child. Right. And our relationship just didn't, just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I ended up, you know, <laughs> ended up quitting school, ended up losing my job, and it ended up in a really bad place. Um, and I say bad place because, you know, you know how you're in a relationship and things just aren't working out, and you think that, you know, it's you, and the other person is telling you that it's you, but kind of find out it really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually uh, left there and went to go to stay with a friend that I actually had just met. Um, and her name was Bernicia Womack. Mm-hmm. Um, and to this day, you know, me and her are still really good, really tight. But she was able to, you know, talk with me and really uh, allow me to express myself, allow me to say what was on my mind, get out the feelings that I had um, just from going through a bad relationship. Right. But she also was a person that was like, girl, come on, let's get out of this house. Let's go out and do yada, yada, yada. Right. So um, that's actually how I got into, you know, the entertainment field in general because she had just... Uh, I want to say recorded a movie. Um, this is this is a while back. I can't even remember the name of the, the name of the movie. Just slipped my mind, but it was with her and Jokeisha, and I want to say uh, J Pimp and all them. Mm-hmm. They had just finished wrapping up a movie. Right. So um, that was my introduction to Jacksonville nightlife. Before I wasn't really a club head. I hadn't really been anywhere outside of you know just doing particular shows for our dance group. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, we actually reformulated the dance group. And, you know, Bernicio was included this time. Um, it was spearheaded by, by my homegirl, Crystal Gage. And mm-hmm. we were called Hard to Ignore. Because mm-hmm. it was just that, you know. And I guess that began, you know, my club promotion days. Because, you know, that our dance group would go out and promote different events around the city. Um, primarily the Roxy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it eventually led to How I Met You. Right. So... Before we get into how you met me, can you talk a little bit about how you get this name Innocence? Because so many people know you by that. I'm sure people still come to you and call you that. How did that name come about? 
<laughs> so, um, huh. Let's see. How do I put this politely? Actually, the name, I, I came up with the name myself. Um, you know, when you're in a bad place and you got kids feet or a child feet, uh, you know, I, I made some decisions to go off and venture into an area of, 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 of in a profession that I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say I'm proud of, but I do understand. And that became my stage name because people would look at me and think I'm much younger than what I was, uh, especially being that I had braces. You know, I have a well, I had like a little squeaky voice. Everything, everybody would think I was innocent, but that was just my actual play on words to say that in a sense, I'm not. So that's why it was spelled, you know, miss in a sense, but mm. pronounced innocent. Mm. So yeah, um, I probably not going to delve into that any much. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. I guess we can get to the part that I'm sure a lot of people who would probably be listening to this are interested in how you and I meet. Now, I know I have my perspective on it, but my perspective has already been publicized in books and all that kind of stuff. What I want is is your perspective. It was maybe November or December of 2005, right? Yeah, 2005. We you meet. you are much better at at, uh, at dates and everything than me. I can almost I can almost one hundred percent tell you because the the incident with my ex happened in Tallahassee in August oh. of two thousand and five. Oh. So I know it had to be in the fall of oh five. I had just gotten back oh, to um, oh. I had just gotten back to Jacksonville. I had already owned New Blood Entertainment at that point, but coming back from Tallahassee, pretty much it was defunct as far as my involvement. I still had business partners in Roger Ryder. Pat Benoit wasn't around quite yet so it was mostly mm-hmm. me and Roger um, we had yep. parted ways with Jerry Eckoff at that point but I was in town and I really wasn't doing a whole lot musically um, some folks had come to me um, from Universal about doing an internship um, where I was uh, marketing and promoting for Lil Wayne's Carter 2 album and you know I was also somebody reached out to me about a magazine called MIA Magazine so I showed up at uh, the Plush Entertainment Complex in the fall of 2005 where I meet you and then we can take it from there. So I really don't remember much about that night, but I do remember meeting you um, and just us discussing, you know, what your involvement was with the internship. You know, I'm the type of person I I love to chat and network and get to know what everybody does when I meet them. I'm still like that to this day. And you just seem like you had a very elevated conversation. Like you were able to uh, articulate what you really had to say and what you really planned on doing, but you still kept the streak, you know. And I think that I had seen a lack of that just dealing with other people uh, in the entertainment industry. Um, at that time, we weren't really doing much of anything. We were we were probably doing more promotional marketing than anything, so we weren't necessarily doing things in the music industry. But me and my girls were teaming up with actual promotional branding companies, and we would do presentations at events like at the Plush, uh, Plush Complex. So, um, you know, we see, you know, like Bacardi does a sponsored event. They have the Bacardi girls, and they were giving out free samples. We did things like that during that downtime. Um, so that, and that's when I met you. 
Um, and you just seem like you um, had a lot on your mind, things that you wanted to accomplish, but just was trying to navigate through, um, you know, how to really go about doing it. And that's what kind of drew me to you, um, just to really kind of get to know you. And I just saw your your tenacity and how you wanted to do things. Like, if you wanted the song to be played, I remember one time you just ran up in a DJ booth like you owned it. And I was like, bro, you can't be, you know, I'm trying to talk you down from it. And you don't went up there, then I played the song, we done had a good time. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that night was like, yeah, you're all right with me. <laughs> You know, I could see myself doing that, but it's like, okay, because I know the DJ. You know, I don't know this dude up here, bro. You went in there like, yeah, I'm from, um, yeah, Atlantic, and you know what your credentials was, and that just was funny to me. So I was like, yeah, you're all right with me. So, they, we, all, they, all of us chilled for the rest of the night after that. Like, I didn't want this club. Like, we sat down, talk, play pool, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was pretty dope. Right. And for for those of you guys who are wondering about that day, there's there's this um I guess this legendary photo of you and I sitting on the couch together and me in this tired South Pole hoodie. Yeah. I got no glass here, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was good times. Now I, I I don't want us to rush through any of this because obviously yeah. this is very much so both of ours history as far as how it's discussed. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about from your perspective, because, you know, we have so much of what we talk about here. I don't want us to rush through because it's both of our history. Can you talk to me a little bit about from your perspective, walk me through how we ended up starting to do business together? Because, I mean, like it just, you know, I think it's probably safe to say for both of us, it's sort of like, okay. We're just together doing business together, but I know that there has to be yeah. a catalyst where it happens because you already are, like you said, you're doing stuff with Bernice and you already had all of these other business relationships, but it just gets to a place to where there's almost a level of exclusivity. Can you walk me through what you remember yeah. about how that happened? Um, I think mainly it's it was, you know, you're just telling me about your vision uh, uh, or basically the history of New Blood, what you guys had going on in Tallahassee. And, you know, how you trying to envision it as being more of a collective, you know, where different people from, you know, different aspects of business can come together and, you know, gel together and build. And I remember, you know, us having, I think, the first meeting at your house. Um, and just from Shout there. Shout out to I moms for letting us have those meetings yes. at the house. <laughs> yes, mom do. Make sure came through with the snacks and everything. Exactly. Yes, she did. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, to me that was different because in, in the Jacksonville market that I had been seeing, it was always everybody, you know, it, it's kind of clickish. you know. Mm-hmm. You have your people that you grew up with, y'all get in business and then y'all go and that's it. Like, it's just that. But uh, you, on the other hand, you were showing how you can have one uh, organization and, you know, this guy does t-shirts, this guy does street team promotions, and this guy, and all of us come together and we're all doing it for the same cause and we help each other and therefore we, you know, bring in business. And that was the first time I actually heard of that, um, that concept. And I definitely hadn't really seen it done because I'm, you know, I feel like I'm an outsider. I'm not originally from Jacksonville, like I said earlier. So I'm not in a clique. I'm not in a group of people that, well, I've known you since I was a child, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so. For me, it was just a different perspective, and that's what really, to me, drew, um, I think everybody that has ever been involved with New Blood, as far as the Jacksons of the business, um, that's what drew us all in. It's like we could do what we wanted to do and what we were great at and still be a part of something that was beneficial and helped all of us grow. Sure. So, 
at some point, I guess probably late 2005, early 2006, it just becomes obvious that it just makes sense for us to do business together. And I think that I think it's probably safe to say, and you would agree to this, that organically you just sort of became. And this is kind of messed up, I guess, because I have to acknowledge Gerilyn Eckhoff, who did amazing work in the beginning. She does not get enough credit. But for uh-huh. most people. You're viewed as the first lady of of New Blood Entertainment. Can you talk a little bit about what that meant to you in those early years, being viewed as the first lady? What it was like being out with us? What that ex- walk me through what that experience was when we were, you know, just beginning to do a yeah. little bit of promotions here and there. You know, before we have any of the artists and the DJs, I'm talking about in the early years. You know, mm-hmm. right, right before White Boy shows up. Can you walk me through yeah. what that life was like when you? finally decided to click up and people see you wearing the new blood shirts and they're like oh okay the two of them are together gotcha yeah so it there's it's a, a dichotomy here there's an internal where when I'm with you guys I felt like family you know like I'm very family oriented uh, we made sure that each, everybody had what we needed in general so mm-hmm. for me um, that part of being first lady was like yay you know I got brothers that are you know squad up let's go you know that type of feel but on the outside I started realizing I think what everybody already assumes and I was like actually that that was the part about New Blood that was really cool it's like I could be with these guys doing business and I don't have to worry about somebody trying to you know slide mm-hmm. and um <laughs> so like that that was my safe place I, I could you know express my ideas or things that I felt like was missing in the entertainment industry from my perspective mm-hmm. and you know it would be heard so you know to me um I don't even know if I'm really answering your question but um I guess it was it was kind of cool um but of course I didn't want it to stay that way I wanted to be you know other ladies involved and I never had been like a any type of diva where oh I'm the first lady or I do this or I was here first and I've never been that type of person period right so to me it didn't really uh I don't know. I can't really think of an example where it was like, okay, yeah, I wasn't like that. You right. know, I, it, it was important to me because of uh, fellowship and you know brotherly and sisterly love. And I knew that you know if I needed something, that it was taken care of. But um, professionally, I didn't really see a significance in that because, like I said, I already knew about uh, previous uh, ladies that had spearheaded uh, entertainment endeavors. Mm-hmm. Um, with you guys and I, I don't know I, I never really saw it as something like that until other people would say and I was like oh yeah yeah okay. right. <laughs> I kind of brush it off so to clarify for people, and I want you to speak to this, and I think you're almost certainly going to know where I'm going. At this point, people begin to make assumptions about our relationship. And we've oh debunked God. this over and over again over the last 10 years. But can you talk a little bit about why you think maybe people saw it that way and how that perception comes about and what you did to kind of navigate that when people would, would make those assumptions and present that kind of stuff to you? Okay. So Basically, they thought we was they thought we was sleeping together. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. This is, yeah. So I think how people came up with that assumption is is obvious. It seems like, and this is uh, from my perspective, and what I was even told when I first got into doing any type of club events, night promotions. You know, the the consensus is okay. If a woman is doing anything, you basically got to sleep your way to the top. Mm-hmm. You know. 
you messing with so-and-so, that's how you're going to get in and do X, Y, Z. And it was like, I, I've never been that type of person. If I'm going to be with somebody, I'm going to be with somebody for them, not what they got going on, not how it'll benefit me, yada, yada, yada. So I think that's where the idea came from. And I know of plenty of people who have tried that method. It, it ain't for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I know that's where it comes from. And I also realized that I feel like we we always had a brotherly sister relationship. But at the same time, Knowing that, uh, you know, in the club scene, you know, there's guys that are just there to get their next little catch, mm-hmm. you know, like it was convenient for me to be like, okay, well, let me go find Brandon. Let me go find a white boy so I can have somebody with me so that people will leave me alone so I can do what I'm, I'm there to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there, since there was already a, a a bond that was cultivated through, you know, interpersonal relationships, it was never, to me, it never looked like, you know, anything that was... Uh, that was sexual or anything. It was like, okay, this is my brother. Like, if you see me hugging him, it's cool. I love him. Like, mm-hmm. I love his mama. I love his daddy. <laughs> his sisters is cool. Nephew is they, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I never really thought about it like that. But then, I guess looking back, or trying to look at it from someone else's perspective, I could see, you know, because we was chill. I'm a certain person. I'm, I'm not really a... Uh, follow the rules type person tell right. me I can't do something I'm gonna ask you why right. and I'm gonna do it <laughs> you know so I, I never really saw it like that but I could see how other people could and it's it's been funny because like that's always the question I was like bro no uh-uh. <laughs> and no and I guess I, I, I guess maybe I'm, people also thought yeah. that too but, but but I mean and you knew this like I had just gotten out of a long term relationship and you you exactly. knew me on that personal level you knew like I was exactly. really damaged from that personal relationship you were like Oh, he ain't no good to nobody, no way right now. Like you know, like, <laughs> like I knew you were still in love, and I understood that because I, of course, I just got out of myself of a bad relationship. You know, what I'm saying it was damaging in a sense. And the last thing I was trying to do was hook up with anybody. You right. Know what I'm, saying? I'm trying to live my life. Right. But what I saw in you was, you know, like you've been hurt, you've you've gone through X, Y, Z. But I had the my goal was to come alongside you and say, "Bro, but you still gotta live your life." Mm-hmm. You you still have talent and ability and things that you could be doing outside of this relationship because I'm a big com- um, uh, advocator of people be- being who they are mm-hmm. outside of their relationship. You know, and that's just something I've really just come to now. Um, you know, after being married for eight years, you right? Know, be yourself, be who you are. The relationship is great, but it's not a total definition of who you are. So that I think I was even trying to tell you that back then. You know, I saw you getting down on yourself, and I'm like, no, bro, <laughs> no, <laughs> like keep going. You you got this. You know, and just trying to be a good friend. Like I think that the the art of friendship is lost. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think a lot of people just couldn't wrap their mind around it. It's like I I don't think I've ever had a, a thought about you in that way. And that just sounds. That's crazy, and I because I know you, I know who you like. And that, that is, I, I'm mm-hmm. like I'm in that category. So that's really weird. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that no more. Right, 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 exactly. And yeah. we we'll, and we can kind of get into that more as we move into 2006 yeah. to that point, because yeah. as we get into 2006, oh, I start living my best life and I start getting over some of the, some of that damage, oh, and, and you start to yes, see, you, you start to see. Oh, okay, there's like that's why even then, like that's why like I, when people come to me with that, I'm like that doesn't even 
even make any sense because if you knew what she knew about what I was doing in 2006 and 2007, she'd tell you if I was with him, he was cheating on me. <laughs> like, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I, and I don't play those type of games either. So, I'm, right. Oh, absolutely not. You know, so, so we, 2006 comes along. Um, can you talk a little bit about what life was like um, as far as our business acumen, um, some of the accounts that we got in those years, because 2006, probably part of 2007 is probably our best, our best time period. So can you talk a little bit about what, uh, what it was like working, working together at that point, at that point, I think shout out was still trying to do his thing and then white boy has come along and we're starting to build a brand we're starting to represent multiple artists we had i think ron mack had come along at that point i don't think mac baker shows up until 2007 um we're doing some business it was a whole group before the before just matt right 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 so can you walk me through kind of like the 2006 that 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 rise to to the recognition that we end up getting towards and then talk a little bit too about what it was like like what i was shaping into what type of leader and person and even friend i was at that point Okay. Um, if I'm completely honest, a lot of that is a blur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I can understand both, that. Both un- unintentionally and intentionally because of, you know, things happen later on. Right. But I will say that, uh, you know, once doing events and uh, accounts like with Shout Out, uh, doing some of his tour stuff, um once that started moving, I, I think that we all were in a really good place. I think people were seeing what we were doing and wanted to come alongside and mm-hmm. add to and grow. Um, I can't pinpoint when New Beauties um, flourished. Um, I want to say that it was at the late 06, beginning of 07 time frame, but I really, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a great uh, historian <laughs> in that aspect. I don't have archives like you do. But um, for me, I think it was it was really good. Uh, I think we were able to get out and see a lot of people and meet a lot of people face to face, opposed to how you know, like nowadays, you know, most people do a lot of social media marketing, social right. media promotion. We were in your face, street team. Right. Uh, you gonna see us, right? Because we were in a world, <laughs> we lived in a world before social media. Like it came along after, after we were already in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was really funny because that's when MySpace was popping. Yep, yep. We had our custom MySpace pages. Mm-hmm. You know, it was new blood, everything. So, like when you said talking about building a brand, I could see from a grassroots level how you build a brand, how you put yourself and present yourself before other people, and you tell them what you do. And I, I was always doing that. Um, you know, when you got a new T-shirt design for every event that you're going to, mm-hmm. that's pretty tight. It's pretty popping. It's not something that everybody was able to do. Um, but I, I, I think, uh, I'm to say this. I think that was also a time where we were all trying to figure out individually who we were. Mm-hmm. So um, it started to turn, like especially once we got you know the little little weight on I me, mean, I built. Uh, it started to turn into what we have going on to what I have going on, and right. then we would all follow suit. Okay, right. so I, I don't know um, if I'm again completely answering your question, but I think '06 and '07 was awesome. Um, I personally had a lot, I've had a ton of fun and that was the first time that I could say that I was thoroughly enjoying doing what I do and 
to me, it wasn't really about the money. It was about just us getting out there, getting the work done, having clients that were satisfied with what we were doing, and, and going home at the end of the day. Right. Of course, having a drink. <laughs> oh, and we can't forget. And we can't forget going to Denny's after every Friday night at the Roxy. <laughs> it was like the family thing to do. You know, you know how like your family on Sunday after church they go to Piccadilly's or something. Like that, that was that was our after we went to quote unquote the hood service on Friday at, yeah. at the Roxy. You know, we go have have early morning breakfast at at, at Denny's right there over off of Beach Boulevard and, so, and not even so, eat all the food. But you know it's bad. Yeah, we know it's bad when the, the uh, waitress looks at you and she already knows what you want because you order the same thing every week. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was cool. But that, that, that goes back to us talking about, you know, us bodies, us all having a real relationship because, you know, most most groups, most companies now, you're having meetings, you go out, what you got to do and then everybody goes home mm-hmm. and there's no you know, true friendship, no camaraderie. We would, you know, discuss business, of course, as well, but, you know, still have a good time and cut up. Right. A lot of cutting up. Can you talk a little bit about because I I don't I don't know how many podcasts if, if any that you listen to, but recently well not even recently it's probably like a year ago now I did an episode with Ivory that I think a lot of people had waited on because there has I think Ivory and I are kind of intertwined from the standpoint of many people view. Uh, the two of us as adversaries you know what I'm saying I'm uh-huh. I'm the Magneto to his Professor Xavier you know what I'm saying like yeah. we want the same things but we, we have a different perspective on how to go about it can you talk about from your perspective that relationship uh, between the two of us from your perspective was it good was it bad was I making it difficult was he making it difficult can you walk through your perspective on on that relationship and that and the positives and negatives of that impact of that relationship, its impact on New Blood Entertainment. Okay, so um, again, you know that portion is a little blurry to me, but I think at that time, um, I think we all collectively had seen New Blood as fa- I mean, uh, New Blood, Point Blank as family. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, going back to you know me saying I you know was dealing with the dance group and all that kind of stuff. We were we used to do things with Point Blank, like our dance group would come out and we. Would, you know, be responsible for getting everything happening and started or whatever. But that was, of course, years ago, maybe a little bit before I met you. Mm-hmm. And I never really saw it as, uh, you know, y'all two being adversaries. I'm pretty sure that there have been times when you two bump heads, but I wasn't involved, so I had, I had no knowledge of it, you know. Um, and I, I wanted it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just that type of person. If you got a personal issue with so and so, that's y'all. Y'all personal. You need to hash that out. You got to work that out. You know, um, not saying you know there was like a the disloyalty or anything else, but I I knew that like you said, like your ex man reference Magneto and Professor. Like I, I like both of them. Yes, y'all have two different you know ways of doing things, but you're doing it. You're out there. You're making it happen, you know what I'm saying? Like some old Malcolm and, and uh, Martin type stuff. Mm-hmm. Two different outlooks, you know, uh, same purpose. Right. Uh, I've always thought of that. And I enjoy watching y'all both do things, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's we were doing it with them uh, or we were doing it with, with anybody else as far as, like, you know, promotion of different nights. I, I, I never really saw the bump that everybody else talked about. Okay. So uh, I feel like I'm can't really speak on that because like I said 
I've always seen it as something cool. I didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast. I don't even know what Ivory had said from his perspective, but I never really saw what everybody else was talking about. So, like, it was just beefing up something that wasn't really there. And shout out to Ivory, man. Ivory and I get along great now. He is um, one of uh, one of my biggest supporters um, for the UNF Black Alumni Association. Love him to death. I d- actually just talked to him. If it wasn't earlier this week, it was late last week, and we just chopped it up about kind of like some stuff that had been going on with the Alumni Association because obviously he's alum from UNF as well. And so I always kind of come to him to kind of confide in him and, and get his perspective on how to better handle certain situations. So shout out to Ivory Man. We we definitely we had our little bumps in the road, but I think we have definitely worked through all of that. And he's someone that I, I respect and admire tremendously. Now... 2006 begins to come to a close and we move into 2007, which some people would probably would say is our most successful financial year. And it's also that year where we just I think we just kind of exploded, like because New Blood Beauties just just sort of exploded. You have, you know, all of these girls come in. Um, you have Ron Matt come in. We finally acquired DJ D Money under an exclusive rights contract. Um, we, uh-huh. And then we have um, uh, the Duval All Stars with uh, with Mac Baker come in, and we start getting nominated for Duval Diamond Awards and these other local entertainment awards and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about what you what you do remember from that period of time? And then also, because we have to kind of start moving in that direction towards the end of that year, when maybe I start making a turn that, that isn't so appealing or maybe I'm making decisions that aren't necessarily in the best interest of the business and of you personally. Yeah. Um, well, I would definitely say 07 was bomb. Like, like I was saying earlier, uh, I think for me, um, once once D Money came on board, and I'm like, man, we got D Money, <laughs> you know, and he's good, you You're know. I was right. like, okay, bro, I can vibe with you. Like, you ain't one of those, you know, you know. Oh, I'm a DJ, but you can't you can't mix, you can't drink. So, like, I think uh, for me, that's when I saw a lot of things change. Um, the the All Stars. Uh, personally, that necessarily wouldn't have been my my move to make. Um, but to see how it did positively uh, influence, you know, um, some of the other relationships that we had. Okay, I, I, I see you, you did good on that one. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see. Uh, I don't know. I guess when you, when you're dealing with artists, especially artist management, you want to see someone who is pushing in the same direction that would really benefit them from the long run. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of things were like, okay, bro, y'all ain't looking at nothing but what y'all see in front of them. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a little frustrating. I felt like at that point I became a mama. Mm-hmm. Um, especially having meetings at my house. Lord have mercy. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, once the beauties were in, in, uh, in position, man, like I think that for me, especially being the only lady, to bring in the other girls, that was amazing. Um, and it's pretty much, uh, a lot of them I feel like I didn't even get a chance to really develop a personal relationship, but they were a few that I really was. And, you know, even still hold to this day because there was uh, a sisterhood, there was, you know, all of us were in, well, not all, most of us were into dancing, most of us were into modeling, right. and those were two areas that I had already dabbled in. Uh, so I was able to, you know, share some of the insight that I've already learned to receive, uh, some do's that don't, you know, and, 
to really see a lot of these ladies, you know, still doing what they do or um, aspiring to be uh, more. Right. Having that underneath their belt has been uh, a blessing to me. Like I, I can look back and say, you know, we did a good job, and I wish that we would have continued. Um, but I think for me, for me, I, I could see where, yeah, 07 was one of the best years. Period. Um, if anything, that that year sticks out in my mind more than all the other ones. Uh, just just because of you know just some of the things that we had going on. Right. Was that was that the year that we did the melange? Um. Yes, we, that was when we did the first Melage, yes. <laughs> that, to me, that was like, that was awesome. And the thing about it is, I always tell people, like, they don't get the the Melage thing when they call it the Melang and all the, just niggas being niggas, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to come up with something. Like, that's, a, that's something that I think I've always struggled with. I want to be uniquely creative and different than yeah. what everybody else is doing. So even if I'm going to do a lingerie party, let me put a tweak on it like and I just like to take a moment to talk about how we should get credit for like you know how they like I don't know if you know recently because I know neither one of us are in the clubs like that but you may come across flyers where people do this DJ versus this DJ like that like that's a thing yeah. now and it wasn't yeah. a thing when we started doing it like you remember how yeah. difficult it was to go get 151 and tell him look I'm gonna have you do 30 minutes hey doom I know you were one of the greatest DJs in the history of Jacksonville need you to come do 30 yeah. minutes for D money's birthday yeah, Everybody wanted to do their whole thing. Right. And then you got Bigger, who's not getting along uh, with me. And we're like, hey, Bigger, you know, yeah. hey, you, you, you mind coming to do, like. Absolutely <laughs> not. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, can you can you talk a little bit about what that was like? Like having to go get each one of these guys and getting them to buy into this thing that now is a, a regular yeah. thing that they do in Jacksonville that we don't get credit for. But whatever. Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> Not yet, credit. You know that's fine. Tour is cool because everybody has like sure, their own perspective on what happens, what happens, whatever. But I think that that was the awesome thing about us, uh, about us all. Like, yeah, somebody might have been beefing with you, as you just mentioned, but there's always someone else on the team that either had a good rapport with someone else that could go back and say, yeah, let's let's come together and make this happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, to see that now, cause I remember when I saw it a couple years ago, I was like, really. That's all y'all do there. <laughs> but <laughs> I, and I, I let it go. You know, if I was just me, you know. But since you just confirmed it for me, that I, I'm not on. Nah, I peeped that too, and I'm I just like, like, all right, whatever. Because, but I mean, a lot of people still didn't understand the concept of the melage. It took me forever to understand your concept when it was just in the planning stages. <laughs> but I think that that uh, that lingerie part, though, that set it off. That damn. <laughs> 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 that, was, that was probably like to me that was one of our our best events that whole weekend you know what I'm saying right. and um, I was able to make a lot of really lifelong connections um, yeah so I, I think it was pretty, I went, it went pretty well okay yeah two things that we need to talk about in 2007 before we bring 2007 to a close the first one uh-huh. is a TJ DJ's event that <laughs> I send you down to and some stuff happens <laughs> And so we're going to talk about that first And then the other thing that We're going to talk about is Thanksgiving Eve 2007 Club Christopher's No uh. <laughs> Yes Yes exactly We totally have to talk about that Because I got to get some stuff off my chest about that But first we're going to talk about Let's talk a little bit about that TJ's DJ's What happened okay, How so did it happen it, it, And how'd you get home You you putting those two uh, 
you put these two together, you made it sound like I was a problem. So I don't know. They were pretty far apart in 2007, to be fair. One happened early in the year, and the other one happened in the fall. Yeah, but when you put them together like that, boy, my mind was just like, <laughs> oh, don't worry, because when we get to 2008, you get to say all the bad things you want to say about me, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think, um, I think, um, the TJ's event, it was, it was interesting, because I think at, around that time, my little proposal call had been broke down, mm-hmm. and, uh, I decided, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm get there, because you made a commitment, you couldn't make it, but I'm a part of New Blood as well, and I, I think we were on a, on behalf of MIA Magazine. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just interesting. So I, my one goal and mission, I believe, was to interview clients. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone else, Mm-mm-mm. can't really remember. But the event itself was going so well. And everything was running so smooth. And I don't know what happened. Um, my memory doesn't serve me well, but I remember having to be evacuated out of the building. Something went down. I don't remember if it was on the parking lot. Somebody was shooting all kinds Before of stuff. Before that so happens, the person you went uh, with got arrested. We don't need wait, to say who. I was, I was, I was going to get there. Oh, okay. That happened after or before? I thought it happened on the way there. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Oh, no. No, this is during this time. Okay. Everybody's leaving. Everyone's trying to get out of the parking lot. I'm looking for my, my lovely brother who took his time to bring me down that we can have this business and, you know, of course, have us a good time as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for my brother. I can't find him anywhere. I'm looking for the car that we drove up in because I don't recognize him. He just kind of took me up in it and everything was cool. So I, I'm looking around. I don't know where he parked because he dropped me off at the door so that he can go park because he know I had stuff I didn't do and I didn't check in as media press. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, can't find my brother anywhere, and I don't get to the point where I look. I, <laughs> I'm getting kind of scared. Everybody out here scrambling. My people that know me, you know, from Jacksonville, like, yeah, you straight? You good? You need some help? Yeah, I need some help because I don't know my brother. I'm calling him. He's not answering his phone. It was just all kind of chaos. So uh, I don't think I'm gonna get into too many details, but I right. end up leaving with some other Jacksonville fam that I still love to this day. Thank y'all. Y'all saved me. Ooh, goodness. But um, we left. They were headed to their hotel. But, of course, they got their little girls coming through. So then, of course, you know, that means you got to find somewhere to be. So I'm pretty much stranded. I don't even remember how I got home, if I'm honest. That's how bad it was. I know how you got (laughs) home because I remember the phone call I got. My phone rang. My my phone rang early in the morning because you met Plies that day. Or that night, rather. And that's who called me to tell me you were straight because I think that they were talking about trying to put you on a plane or send you back with them or something and you ended up coming yeah. back on the bus. The and, bus. I, yeah. and I don't know if I don't know if Plies paid for it but he's the one who called me. Um, I don't know if that's he paid awesome. for it or or if you got somebody else to pay for it or something but but he's the one who called me to let me know that you were straight and that this is what was going on and hey ain't nobody gonna bother her. we gonna get her back home and that kind of stuff so I've always told that's that story good. shout out to Plies you know what I'm saying for being a solid <laughs> dude because the other thing is is yeah. he, when he got on the phone he didn't like hey yo what's up man this is Plies he was like hey what's going on man my name's Algernon Washington and I'm like Algernon Washington <laughs> Who the hell is Algernon Washington? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, only to find out later yeah. that that was Plies. Like, yeah, it was but legit. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was really. Uh, I I I knew at that 
point that, um, like I was saying earlier about, you know, being in the industry, especially when you're a girl around guys, it's always that expectation of, oh, if you need this, then you're going to have to sleep and do all that kind of stuff. Like, that kind of solidified it for me right then that that's not always the case. It's mm-hmm. people that just have a genuinely good heart that will look out uh, even if they don't get nothing in return. So mm-hmm. I think... Uh, yeah, that's why I was like, yeah, people, all people was going to remain anonymous until you bought that part up. <laughs> but yeah, I got home, I got home straight, everything was good, but that was totally not on me. Uh, you know, broski had, you know, ran into some trouble, and we're going to leave it at that. Right. It was good now. Good, good, good. good. I'm glad to hear that. It was that. just so inconvenient. I was like, man, let me get up out of here, because I don't, I don't know Tallahassee. I think mm-hmm. I've only been to Tallahassee one other time, like flying through to that same uh, venue, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe years before with a uh, with a young cash in there, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I didn't even know where I was. I couldn't tell you what street I was on. Right. Yeah, it was crazy. So, uh, Thanksgiving Eve, two thousand and seven, <laughs> I get a phone call. I'm at home. I'm minding my own business. And I get a phone call saying, hey, you really should come out to this event. It's over on the west side at Club Christopher's. I'm like, man, I don't never go out to Christopher's. I don't know nobody out there. And so Cash, Lando, uh, who else was out there? Jay was out there. Big Jay was out there. They like, yo, you should come. Everybody was out there. Everybody was out there. And then I don't know. asking me all night, where are you? Right, exactly. So at this point, I still don't know that you're coming. Like, I don't know that you're coming until you show up. But so they convinced me to come out there. So I drive all the way from the north side at my mama house, all the way over to um, all the way over to Club Christopher's. And so I drive over to me. I want to give you credit because that is a long ride. I live on the north side. It could be up to 45 minutes depending on how you're driving and, and people that's driving on the road. So right. 30 to 45 minutes out to this particular spot. Luckily, no people don't have to pay to get in, don't have to pay for parking, all that kind of stuff. So I'm good on all of that. Yeah. So I get in there. You're not there yet. But when I get there, Candace, who was who was running with us at this point, um, uh-huh. she was um, she was already in the VIP with um, with me and Big J and everybody. And Cash was not there yet. And so we're all chilling and kicking it. I'm smoking a cigar. And then from across the second floor, I see you and I wave at you like, yo, come on up here or whatever. And you start walking towards me. And then an incident occurs. So walk everybody through what happened, what set you off, and then what spirals out of control from there. Okay, so, (laughs) I mean, I think pretty much just my girls that know me from point blank days. Like, around that time, my temper and my attitude was little to none. I, I really became accustomed to not taking nothing from nobody because I just, you know, people just try you. Mm-hmm. In general, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, some attention, you know, you kind of get used to, but other attention is just like, you know, if it's unwanted, it's unwanted, period. Right. So I think uh, I, I, got, I had gotten there probably a little bit before you did. I mean, uh, uh, like right as you arrived or right maybe right after you, like you said, but I had been there inside for a while because I was downstairs. There was two levels. Um, you know, I got my drink. A bartender kind of messed up again, but I, just, you know, I got it anyway. And I'm walking around, of course, you know, really, but I know, you know, having a pretty good time trying to locate where everybody else is. Um, 
I think I was just trying to, you know, get to my destination. I should say, you had called me, hey, you know, we're, we're over here. You know, I'm, I'm walking in your direction. And there's just guy, he's big, he's buff. Like, he thinks that, you know, I, I, I need to speak to him a little longer than I, the attention that I did give him. Like, hey, how you doing? Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know you. Um, and you know, he got a little attitude, so I, I, I'm the same person. Whatever you give me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reciprocate. I'm gonna give it right back to you. Mm-hmm. So you have attitude, I get attitude with you. Um, Joke, move out my way. It's the polite way. I'm gonna say it now. And you know, of course, he, he, he wasn't too keen on people talking to him any kind of way, as I was. And I don't appreciate you putting your hands on me, you know, in a sexual way. I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what happened after that. I'm, I, I missed and said I threw a drink in the dude's face because, you know, it's kind of nasty anyway. Mm-hmm. And that might be true. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 100% true. <laughs> so, since she's not, since she, there's something for the listeners, since she's not keeping it a buck. <laughs> uh, I don't like pun wrestling. So, you know, his, his face looked a little, it looked a little, you know, dehydrated. So I hydrated it. And, um, she throws a know, drink. So he, can get out. <laughs> so he can get out of my way. You know, of course, the eyes are closed, so I get to dodge around and then, you know, slide up into a VIP. But then he ain't let it just stop there by walking off and just being like, okay, maybe I need to leave her alone. You know, he had something to prove for real, for real at that moment. Mm-hmm. And Superman came out of nowhere and was like, hey, yo, you gonna leave her alone, you know? <laughs> and I, I appreciate Superman to this day. And I, I, the rest of that was a blur because you know chaos. People screaming, moving around. You know all kinds oh, of. Oh, she's she's going chaos screams very general. <laughs> this is what happened. <laughs> she threw a drink at that man. And, and I jump in and I go, hey, let me move her back. So I move her back behind me. I like, yo, man, it's cool. It's over with. You know what I'm saying? You just go on about your business. She go on about hers. Everything all good. The dude threw a drink at me. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, but I didn't even do anything. Like, all, these, all these good drinks going away. Right. All these good drinks going away. And mind you now, I don't know this man. I ain't did nothing to nobody. I just was smoking my cigar. My sister done got into it with this dude. I'm like, yo, let's just separate each other and let's just move on. My man yeah, just decided to throw a drink. I thought it was over then. When he threw the drink at me, then it turned into something else. Like, because it was like, all right, now see, now I got to really show you what time it really is. So I threw a bottle, like I pulled a Heineken bottle out and I just chucked it. I don't know if it cracked or what, like, because I don't want to try to make it seem like I was a super tough guy or nothing like that. All I know is I threw it and it hit him. And then the next thing I know is, is apparently he was not by himself. (laughs) So, so I could have probably took him by himself, but like four or five other dudes rush the VIP. And so security trying to get involved. Shout out to Lando. Shout out to Jay who jumped in on our behalf. They didn't even flinch. They just was like. They just started going to war right along with us. And shout out to Candace too, because Candace pulled yeah, off her heel and she started bashing that dude's skull in. Like, I mean, when they finally when, when they finally separated all of us, there's blood everywhere. Everybody got blood on them. And they end up dumping I don't know, did you go out the front or did you go out the back? I know me and Candace got dumped out the back. Bro, it's the front. I don't even know where the back door is. Okay. Yeah. The they dumped us they dumped us out the back out the back door down the fire escape, right? And so I'm walking around 
trying to get to my car, which is across the street, but I got to walk around. I don't know what these dudes look like because we fighting in the club. So I ain't, yeah. I have no clue what these dudes look like. Man, but them jokers knew exactly what I looked like. So yeah. they ran up on me, and I mean, it's three on one. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I was a tough guy. I got choked out, and I got dumped on my head, and I got kicked in the face. Like, I mean, like over yeah. and over again. Candace is screaming and crying. She's trying to cover me up to get him to stop hitting me. I'm unconscious at this point. Candace, yeah. Candace, they finally leave me alone and Candace says like I'm bleeding all over the place and she said like I jumped up and I yelled out for somebody I don't know if it was you or for somebody else but then I just passed out and then the next thing I remember is I think it was like you I think uh, uh, Kendall showed up uh, I know Candace yeah. was there and I'm like on a bench or something right is that uh, I don't remember I don't, I don't remember much after that either. I remember Kendall being there, and of course, Candace being there, and you coming too. But uh, besides that, I, I honestly don't remember. And I was like, what the heck just happened? Like, I, know, I mean, I know what happened, but how it escalated like that far, how the dudes rushed into the VIP, I, I, I just don't understand. I, I never really was completely there. So, so if 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 nothing can ever be said, like literally, I'd be the first one to tell anybody. I tell this joke all the time when people be talking about something they want to fight. I'd be like, listen, last time I got my ass whooped was New Year, was Thanksgiving Eve, two thousand and seven. It ain't happened since. You ain't finna be the yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like right after that, that was, <laughs> what you about to say? I was about to say I, I think that, that was one of the reasons like when people would ask you know um, you know like about us mm-hmm. that way or whatever I, I never saw it like that because I'm like this, this is my brother like he's gonna protect me like, and I'm be, I ain't trying to put myself in no situation but at that point I, obviously I did um, but uh, that, that's been one of the, the things that I've always, you know, I've told you as you're a stand-up guy. You know, you, when you see something that ain't right, you want to say something. So just let it stop. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, I've been thankful for that, for you rehashing it to make me thankful again because you could have said it did anything. And I appreciate just knowing that people got my back. Shout out to you too, Candace. You took off your shoe. To that end, we move out of 2007 into 2008, um, and I mean, we, we need to have an honest conversation because this is when things, I think, begin to go left for us. I think um, because like really, because we had that really bad march, which ends up changing the name from New Blood Entertainment to Watts. 
and and that's where things really start to kind of go bad you know for the company and for us yeah. can you talk a little bit about late 2007 how i was spending money um the distribution of money your feelings as far as the distribution of of our earnings and and just uh-huh. the type of the type of person i was becoming with the acquisition of more money and and just kind of like fame and recognition and stuff like like what was your perspective okay. of how i began to kind of be poisoned from from your perspective and how i treated you and treated white boy and and just what was kind of a leader in general what that was like okay so i think um you know, after taking that L to me right there, then, you know, maybe there's some type of bitterness. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll start off with, you know, as a friend and as uh, a leader uh, on your end of perspective, we did see a big change. Um, and me personally, I thought it was just, you know, the alcohol consumption. You know, especially when you can get in free, you drink free, you got people giving you stuff all the time. It's easy to, you know, kind of get lost in that. I definitely have been there myself. Mm-hmm. So I know. And I understood, but at the same time, it still hurt because I didn't know how far that was going to take you. Because mind you, like I said, when I met you, you were going through a really tough patch, you know, about your ex. And um, just knowing a little bit about depression, I could see some things, you know, really, uh, really there, but I, I wasn't sure. And it's funny, it's, as close as we are, there was just some things that I just never really approached you about. I never really talked to you about because you had so much going on, mm. you know. And, um, but that's that kind of stuff that's not I, I think about what I just said like I should have been the first person that's able to say something to you but I think as that time came along and as the year progressed even if when I did say certain things it didn't really hold much weight and I don't know if it was just you know you knowing exactly what we had going on uh, as far as you know other accounts and all that kind of stuff but I, I was never really in it for any of those reasons you know what I'm saying? Like, so as far as money was concerned, um, I never really questioned it. I right. never questioned how much we got from anybody. All I knew is, you know, if I did something, I had it. Right. And you would shoot me something, and I would just assume that that was, you know, a portion of, a fair portion of what we received just based on our friendship. Right. Um, and it wasn't until later on that I learned exactly how much money we was getting. You know, reading through some receipts and invoices, I was, I was heated. I ain't gonna lie. Um, and it probably wouldn't even been brought to my attention if White Boy didn't say something because, you know, sometimes he was responsible for picking up materials and, you know, dropping off and receiving those invoices. I was never really in that process. I think at that time I still had a full-time job, so I wasn't available like that to do, you know, uh, errands and all that kind of stuff. So, right. um, I think, uh, for me, the, when we when it did the name change, I, I don't think I was ever in agreement of that because I, I didn't really... I didn't see or understand um, the vision of what. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, this your baby. This, this what you got going on, and you know, who am I? It was my attitude towards it. So as that started changing, and I thought that maybe it was a rebrand because of the situation that happened at Christopher's. You know, I, I didn't know the true reason or the significance of the rebrand, but it was like, okay, it is what it is. Well, I can, I can. Before you so, keep, before you go on, I can, I can explain it to you. <laughs> The the rebrand occurred. Uh, it was twofold. It was because um, in in Tallahassee they had rebranded because that's when Pat came along. 
Um, yeah. Vok had a Vok had an imprint called We Are the South. He couldn't afford to finance it, so we financed it. With Vok being the key primary artist, like I mean, artist. from Tallahassee yeah. or Jacksonville, he was the key primary yeah. artist. It was like, well, we'll give up ourselves to to do this. Now, I didn't always necessarily agree with that because New Blood was more my baby than Watts was was my baby. That was more Roger and Pat. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the That's the main like the main reason why in Jacksonville the name change happened was what happened in March of 2008 when we agreed to take that um that venue, you know, rest in peace to to Derek Washington. Um, but yeah. we decided to partner with with Derek on a Friday night and this was right around the same time that um, Ivory had lost uh, the real thing. Like the real thing was shut down. He was trying to figure out where he was going to go on Fridays, and so we thought that it was a great opportunity to be able to jump in and kind of catch catch things while there was no Friday going on, and maybe grab the crowd. Yeah. Problem was, is that and again, no disrespect to to D Wash. I know he passed away, but I got to tell the truth. Um, D Wash didn't tell me that that the venue didn't have a liquor license, so I'm trusting a friend mm-hmm. that he has all of the paperwork in order. Then the AC went down, so it was just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, we had these four consecutive weeks of really bad, like I mean, like like the kind of events that you can't really recover from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you compound, you know, like the losses in income that I suffered on those, you know, with those events. You compound that with things like, you know, my my codeine addiction and um, my my constant weed smoking and, you know, what I'm saying like the alcohol. And I, I think I became paranoid. Like, you know, what I'm saying like I, I became mean, I became paranoid. And I mean, I, I guess you can pick it up from there as far as what yeah. you were feeling. Amongst other people, you know what I'm saying? Because I always catch a black for it, you know. 
or I'll approach somebody about being able to do something. Like, are you a doula? No, I'm doing it. What? <laughs> you know, I never had that before. So, you know, once I started seeing that and, you know, uh, especially with the girls and, you know, just, you know, taking off, it was just, it was just weird. It was just, you were a totally different person. So I didn't really know how to deal with that. And I was going through my own issues myself. So it was like, well, before, you know, if I was going through something, I could get any of y'all up and be like, hey, this is what I got going on, you know. Not necessarily saying that you can help or do anything. I just want to let y'all know what's going on. Because to be in a place where it's obviously something going on with y'all, but nobody's saying anything. And I didn't really know what to do with it. Okay. And so, um, I think it was not too long after that. So it had to be May or June. Um, we had a meeting. I, I remember that specifically. We, we kind of had a meeting and we were sitting down talking about Watts related stuff. And this is when I was staying in Melrose. And I remember that last meeting that you, that you came to and you, you know, you just sort of walked out and, you know, I'm thinking, oh, okay, she'll be back. And, um, I didn't know I wouldn't talk to you again for, for 10 years. Um, yeah, um, I don't, I don't even remember, like, um, as far as the timeline is concerned, yeah. uh, if that had more bearing on what I was going through personally, or if that was just straight uh, business, but like I said before, like, I felt like I had already lost a friend. And, uh, I felt like even with uh, us rebranding to watch, I felt like I had lost a, a part of an identity as well because I had put in, you know, everything that I knew and, you know, my time in the new blood. Um, and in a sense, oh, gosh. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, <laughs> uh, in, in a way, I felt like, uh, like I, I didn't know where this was going. You know what I'm saying? Because I saw how, you know, your previous partners came in and ended up changing decisions that were made. And I didn't know if, you know, that was how it's going to be going forward. Because that's not what I signed up for. I signed up uh, to work with Brad. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I guess it was probably more than I could probably ever uh, just you know, speak about the podcast or whatever. But... that if I would have just known um, like if it had been clearly established what you weren't happy about um, I probably could have um, could have dealt with your absence better um, yeah but. I, I think I I think I told you a lot of different times about different things that were 
I guess by that time, it seemed like they were just compiling. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't always feel like I had your ear. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, hey, this is an issue, or hey, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, no, 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 but see, look, we got this going on, so we straight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure so that was it. I've heard him you know, bring up certain things. But, yeah. So, like at that time, nobody nobody was necessarily really even like, look, we're going to talk about this, and we're not changing the subject. We're not, you know, nobody would put their foot down. We'll just see that's what it is, uh, and you know, just keep on moving along because before everything was working out, everything did work out, so we kind of trusted it was going to continue to work out. Right. And it just wasn't working for me. Right. So, um, two things that I kind of want you to talk about in that period of time. Let's say 2008 to right before you got married in 2010. Can you talk a little bit about two things? Number one, what you were doing from a career standpoint, and then number two, um, if you if you heard about you know the slide um, that 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 happened with what would be Watts and what what with me like. Did you hear about me, you know, falling off? Did you like a lot of the stuff that I know we've talked about offline? Did did you hear about that stuff, um, or did no, you just know? Um, see, around that time, like I said, I started just trying to establish myself and just doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. I had a full time job. I was working at the time it was uh, well, Wachovia, but mm-hmm. then Wells Fargo. Um, so I was working full time. I was a, a a business banker relationship uh, mm-hmm. banker. So I, I helped people with their business and personal accounts, and I was really engrossed in that. Because, right. uh, of course, that was my bread and butter. I'm trying to bring home my bonuses. You know, I'm really trying to take care of my, at that time, two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and just trying to stay focused. I got in my own vehicle and just trying to get my life back together. Because I felt like, you know, for a long time, I let a lot of different circumstances keep me down. So I think I got my little win back. Um, I was really just trying to build uh, a better life for me and my kids. So mm-hmm. I was really focused on that. Um Around that time, I also ended a, a long-term relationship uh, that had been going on, you know, through all these years of new blood, of course. Um, and when I say ended, I'm talking about, like, I moved out of my own apartment just to get away and leave this relationship alone. So I was really focused on trying to do better for myself. Um, it, it, what was really crazy is I think around that time, also, you said 08, yeah. Uh, 08, I, tried, I started taking my... Um, my walk with the Lord a lot serious. And it was to the point where, yeah, I, I started, uh, you know, doing um, online marketing and email blasts for different uh, club nights. Mm-hmm. And that was going, that was going fine. Cause my mama couldn't understand why, you know, <laughs> why I had all the X, Y, Z going on. And, um, you know, outside of my, my job, uh, I think I lost my job at the old nine, mm-hmm. you know, uh, why, why I was still bringing in money. You know, it wasn't a lot, but it was, you know, something that, you know, put food on the table right, or, right. you know, just to show that I had something, the gas money, pretty much, really. Right. When I look back at it, especially how high gas is right now. But, um, you know, like I took my relationship with him a lot more serious. And, you know, after a while, I told him I couldn't even do no club nights no more. And that's why you didn't see me on the scene. I didn't ask about nobody and nobody. Well, people asked about me, but, you know, I, I, not in the way that I would want them to. You know, maybe asking, you know, why I'm not at a particular club night or will I come out and do X, Y, Z, but not asking me how I'm doing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So um, that's one of the reasons I completely walked away from everything um, and then started doing my own thing in the Christian realm because I felt like 
you know, of course, I, I feel like I have these talents and abilities to be able to do stuff. I know how to get people to an event um, just from learning, you know, what I've learned with New Blood or Point Blank, um, just all around since, you know, since my club hopping days, I know what got me to different events. I brought that to a Christian round and I started a, a company called Hosh for Christ Promotion. And uh, that really started because of one particular guy. Uh, he was a security officer at my job. And every day I walk past him and he'll be rapping. And I hear him and I'm like, okay, let me sit, let's sit, keep going, don't stop. You know, we got walk by and he was like, oh, and he'll let me listen to what he got recorded. So I was like, okay, you know, that's all right. You know, you're all right. You need a little bit of help. You need the people to make know who you are because I couldn't find them online and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was like, I'm going to help you, you know. And so that's why I really started the business. So I saw people that were really serious about their craft, unlike I saw, you know, I guess I'll say in the secular realm where people just, you know, uh, oh, I'm a rapper, but they trash. Right. You know, like he was sitting there working on his craft as he was at his a real job. You know what I'm saying? Not right. just sitting around waiting on the handout. So yeah, um, I started that business. That ended up going pretty well. You know, I had a website with a farm. And you can have your own profile and people connect. And I mean, I still have some of those friendships even now. Like some of my closest friends are from then. Uh, we started doing events, you know, they just didn't catch around. So that's why you, had, you really hadn't heard from me probably until about oh, well, 14. I mean, I was still doing some of the same events and dealing with the same uh, genre of music that I was doing. But, um, yeah, it, it really didn't cross my mind. I felt, I felt like, you know, I was doing my own thing, doing what you want to do. And I was doing what I was wanting to do. And of course, you know, I got married in 2010. And, um, and my husband's an artist as well. So, you know, making some of those same things and you start applying it to his music and what he had going on. And, you know, yeah. Okay. So, um, I know we crossed paths um, in 2010. We talked about this offline and how um, you didn't even remember it, but um, it was an event. Uh, it was the Art Walk, um, and we saw each other, and I tried to speak, and you didn't You didn't speak back. Um, you didn't really seem like you really wanted to engage in that way, and that was a little disappointing at that point because I was like, yeah, Lee, I was like, I, I just want to know what I did wrong. Like, You know what I'm saying? Because I still didn't know what I had what I had done wrong and you know um, you know like that's not to say and I'm in a completely different space now where I can take ownership for the part that I played in coming up short in your eyes I've said that in my yeah. book and, and all of those mm-hmm. types of things so I recognize that part of it but I guess I just I really wanted I really wanted you to tell me why you were angry and you know, uh, it took you a long time to address any portion of what you were angry about until probably what, like, to your point, 2014 roughly is when you start showing up on on Facebook in that way and really engaging in dialogue. And I think um, to your point, you even said that, like, um, the first point where you really were even willing to have any sort of conversation with me was. 2014 and and kind of what was it what was it like in your mind when we started communicating again and I started saying hey um I'm writing this book would you be in this book and hey you know I want to sit down and talk and you were just kind of like yeah we'll get around to it and we never got around to it until now so can you talk a little bit about Uh, what was going on in your head and in your heart and your feelings as far as the book and even communicating uh as far as what had happened 
pictures. Like, um, I think I, the first time you mentioned the book, I was like, okay, we go. This is all, uh, look at me, stuff. So, you know, mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie. That's, that's my first thought. I was like, wait, what you got going on? Like, really? Why, why do I have to be like this? Why, what's so important? Like, I'm not that important because I feel like, of course, then we ain't taught this, you know, this all the time, I couldn't have been that important. So, mm-hmm. centered around kind of um, I guess why you didn't want to and then what happened that made you feel comfortable enough to finally start communicating into a positive way because um, for people who don't know like like this episode right here is about what about two years in the making 
Yeah. You know, so it took it took me running you down for two years to get right here. Like, so I mean, we've been polite for about two years now. We yeah. we 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 just started really communicating again in the last what six eight months like like where we have each other's yeah. numbers and we can correspond in that way and we'll get to yeah. you know the most recent stuff in a second here before we wind down but yeah what made you finally comfortable enough to go okay I'm not mad at him anymore and we okay. can have conversation I, I was I was no longer mad at myself okay. Um, I, I had so many things that around that time, you know, with New Blood, even after, uh, I don't know, like, I don't even, like, delve into this little person thing. I mean, I think maybe even a couple of weeks after the mail launch that I talked about in one of them, I found out I was pregnant and I lost that baby. And... That was like a really, really, really dark place because I had made the decision, you know, maybe a year before that I utterly regretted. You know what I'm saying? And even then, I felt like, uh, like you, you know, when you uh, you look at someone for leadership and guidance, and you know they're gonna tell you to do what's right. And they got so much going on, and they're just like, oh, and they say anything, or they just, uh, you know, they they're. They got their own stuff going on. I already learned about how to say things different, but they probably don't give you the best suggestion or give you the best advice. They might just say, okay, and they go along with what you're saying, not necessarily giving you what you know that person normally does as far as leadership and guidance. I felt that um, there were a couple situations with you, and for the longest, of course, I blame myself. I blame God. I blamed you for not, you know, being a better big brother to me. You know what I'm saying with those things, and like all of that happened, it happened so quick and so fast. And then when that actual relationship that I was in failed, I was like, man, why didn't you tell me to do was like this? You know, I'm pretty sure you might have saw certain things that I didn't see. So it was just like um, I was always looking to you to tell me the most truth. And you know, aside from the money that was made, that I didn't know anything about. You know, um, even when you you know told me about the codeine thing, that wasn't until recently. I didn't even know that. So I just felt like I I didn't know you anymore. I couldn't really trust you in that way. And I was angry. I was angry at everything and everybody. When I say I was in the relationship that I was just talking about, I mean, fighting, arguing, throwing stuff, breaking stuff. Like, I was angry. And that was for a long time in my life. And it wasn't until, like you said, around the 08 time when I really took my relationship with the Lord seriously that he broke me from that. But that was a slow process because I was still angry. I was still... Uh, not forgiving myself for a lot of things that I had done, um, not forgiving others, not forgiving my friends that could have told me better but didn't, you know? Like, so I think once I got to the point where I saw, I felt like the Lord was just definitely dealing with my heart, uh, and I was no longer mad at myself, I realized that I did things for a reason. Like, I, I, I might have went through that and struggled with that so that I could help someone else. And I saw the purpose of whatever I was going through. I was able to forgive myself. I was able to forgive you. I was able to forgive, you know, a lot of people that I was dealing with, I felt like did me wrong or just weren't what I thought that they were in my mind to me as far as like a, a leader or a guy or whatever. Right. Um, so it, it, then it was easy for me to have a conversation with you because I realized you was going through your own issues. You, you had your own demons you was wrestling with. So I can't expect for you to stop, drop, and roll with your life and you got stuff going on 
just because I do. Right. You know? So right. I, I guess for me, it was like a grow up moment. It wasn't me being the, the selfish, only girl in the house type princess. Mm-hmm. I realized that my brother was going through a lot of stuff that I probably wouldn't have been able to deal with in the same way that I was going through stuff. And so, you know, just like, uh, like I, I didn't even know about um, some of the things that you had disclosed in your book about, you know, you you dying <laughs> and having to be realized. I had no clue. So if you were mad that I wasn't there to help you do that, you would be, I, I would understand. You know what I mean? Because I, that's the kind of same situation. Um, but I didn't know you was going through that. So how could I have helped you? You know? Right. I think I just, I'm at a better place in life in general now where I could sit there and I could talk about things that I've been through or things that I've done. And I can see the purpose in it now. You know, of course, hindsight is 2020, but at that time, I was really hurt. Right. Um, I always wanted more outside of my, my biological family, of course, I wanted more relationships with people that, you know, bonding relationships, were real friendships. And so when I poured in all that time and effort and then to see it go down the drain, you know, years later or over time, you know, I wasn't really apprehensive about trying to make amends about anything or with anybody about the friendship or let alone business. You know? And um, I remember... Um I think finally we came to the point to where we reconciled about about eight months ago. I, I hit you up about this podcast again, and I was like, "Yo, really need you on here." Because like the thing was is like I've only done podcasts when I'm inspired to talk to people. You know what I'm saying? Like when I feel like okay, I have something to say. This person has something to present to the culture. Um, let me have a conversation and kind of like have dialogue with this person and I just I don't know Toya like it just was like nothing else was really good that way like I couldn't I was like I'm yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you go through my, my catalog of the podcast, you don't really see me do much podcasting over the last couple the last couple of months and the last year, really, because I didn't have anything to say, because after I talked to you about eight months ago and we sat down and you gave me your number on Facebook and then I called you and we talked, I just knew like there was nothing else that I needed to talk about the way that I needed to talk to you and I needed to talk to you on here and um we needed to to hash out some of this stuff and um i thought it was important to to hash it out on here so that people can see you know what what friendships are like and how easily they can get poisoned and how two people who love each other a whole lot can can go 10 years not talking to each other and yeah i i feel let me get this out i feel really bad about um not being what you expected me to be um i feel like and you know what i'm saying like uh i feel like your kids deserve better from me than what um what i provided um you know because i mean they're not mine but you know yeah. i was with them every you day that. yeah yeah <laughs> I, was, I was with them every day and mm-hmm. there was there was more that i feel like as a man and choosing to be in that role in your life as far as that big brother and that helping provide and create a life and all that kind of stuff um i i didn't do i didn't do right by you and that has that bothered me for a long time and not getting the opportunity to have that conversation when i was kind of like because the book in a lot of ways was kind of like my reckoning with a lot of people 
Um, uh-huh. it was it was kind of that opportunity to, you know, because you're not the only one who felt that way about the book. You know, people go, oh, yeah. here you go doing this, you know, but really it was it was that moment of. I've got a story that I I need to tell and I need to share with the world and I need to let people know that they are not alone in these these dark moments of their life that like you're not the only one going through it and that's not to belittle the fact of what you're going through but to know that there uh-huh. are other people that you can have those conversations with that can relate to to your experience but um and so it afforded me the opportunity, whether that was with Baby Girl's mother, whether that was with uh, Regina, whether that was, um, you know, with Sheena, who ended up having to endure living with Trail after I just up and left that apartment in Tallahassee in 05 because I left her there. Like, wow. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, Jessica Johnson, who, you know, I, I it goes without saying I was cheating on Trail with Jessica and um Jessica expected more out of a relationship with me that I wasn't able to provide at that point in my life and uh-huh. and I wanted to reconcile my wrongdoings with people and I wanted to reconcile it very publicly with you in that way through the book to say hey I'm sorry um, and I know I've said it privately but I want to say it publicly that I'm sorry I wasn't um everything that you expected me to be um, and everything that I had set up, you know, to to present myself to be. So I can't even be oh. mad at you for being angry because I created the world where I said, this is what I'm going to be for you and this is what I'm going to be uh-huh. in your life. And I I didn't do that. And um, yeah, with me, it wasn't so much of what you said. It was just, I saw that, that you had that potential to do so. I saw even how you know, uh, your relationship with your nephew, I saw that you are a caring individual and you want to navigate through life, you know, in a in an upright position because everybody don't aspire for that. Um, so I, I think for me, it was just more of the potential of who you are and who you were becoming. But, you know, just seeing um, just uh, the other things kind of, I wouldn't say influence you, but, uh, just seeing how, you know, a lot of things that we went through kind of changed you. And when I had originally seen you as someone who was immutable, like you, you really can't change you. So uh, I don't know, it's, I guess it's just a perspective change. And then again, like I said, I, I changed. I grew up. I uh, started seeing things through a perspective of not just what I can see, but putting myself in other people's shoes. And... Um, you know, kind of dealing with their perspective of what they might be going through and why they're not able to do X, Y, Z. And that's something that, I'm, you know, I'm really trying to deal with now in my own personal life. You know, I, start, I recently started a blog, and, like, that's the most recent blog is just really reflecting on self and then trying to see things from a different perspective. What's the name of the blog? And so, uh, the name of the vlog is on uh, YouTube and I'm on Instagram. It's My Pretty Ugly Life. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I like puns and I like, you know, to play with words. But, uh, you know, it's just basically how, you know, most people on social media, they, they show you all the highlights, show you all the, the good points. But um, I've, I've always been a really transparent person. I mean, most of y'all know I wear my emotion on my sleeve. If I'm mad, you can definitely see it. If I'm happy, it's obvious, you know. Um, but a lot of times I don't really share my thought process 
And so restarting the blog was just me being like raw and transparent. But that's one of the things that I'm really dealing with is not just looking at things through my perspective, but through the perspective of other people that are around me who might be affected by the same thing. And that's really based on like just our relationship. You know, I could see how, um, I could see why you made a lot of decisions that you made now that I have your perspective. And I can understand and I can empathize with you. And I feel like you don't owe me an apology uh, for not being who I thought you were because if I would have taken time to see things from your perspective, I could see exactly who you were and how you were growing up and how you were, you know, evolving as a man yourself. And sometimes you gotta go through some really hard places, you know what I mean? Uh, And really have to deal with yourself before you can really effectively deal and love other people. So like now that I know that, I don't feel like you owe me an apology. I don't feel. I don't feel like. Um, well, I don't know if I owe you one for not just being <laughs> there or just completely cutting off communication. But if if that has uh, hurt you in any kind of way, then I definitely want to apologize. But that was my way of just dealing with things because if I don't have that kind of think to myself or think clearly, then I, I just definitely shut down. Right. Um, so yeah. That's something I'm just still working on in my own self, but um, I could I could see now in hindsight, of course, how all those things were shaping you to be the person that you are, and it's appreciated. Um, and I, I think on, on my end, I think it's just maybe sad that so many people might have been hurt, um, but I also see that you're going through tremendous extents, and you know, you're like going above the standard of just apologizing, but you're apologizing publicly. A lot of people won't do that. Uh, just you barely get a good apology in person you know what I mean right um, but for you to apologize publicly and for you to see things for how they really were and seek other people's perspective of things uh, as to how it was according to them I think that's that's growth that's maturity um, and it's appreciated right so um, August um, 16th 2018 after yeah. Ten years away from each other. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm at uh, the third Thursday event for the UNF Black Alumni Association. Shout out to the uh, uh, UNF Alumni Association for partnering yeah, with yeah. us on that event. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there uh, talking to a friend of mine, Chris, um, and here you walk up behind me, and I just I turn around and. You walk me through what you saw because I know how I felt and what what I thought and what I saw. But again, I, I want this from your perspective. Like, what, what were your thoughts even even in coming even in coming there when you finally walk up on me and then just kind of the event and kind of our interaction in general, like the feelings you had in seeing each other for the first time in ten years. Okay, so I'll back up to the invitation in general. Um, even you inviting me to, you know, uh, be, uh, I wouldn't say a part of, but just included in the, uh, the UNF Black Alumni Association and the social media pages and all that kind of stuff. To me, that was uh, that was very thoughtful of you because I've always, you know, called myself a college dropout. I don't see myself as alumni at, at, per se because I didn't graduate, of course. Right. I, I literally <laughs> You're not the only one, but yeah. yeah. Look, 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 I went to UNF. You never finished. So, <laughs> so when, when you invited me, to me, that uh, that meant a lot to me. I don't even know if I had even told you that I went to UNF. No, I didn't. Because I kind of felt, 
I just knew you were around. Yeah, I, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, so it wasn't just, you know, that, but it, um, that kind of gave me some closure as well uh, as far as my college uh, efforts because, I, I, like I said I, before, I initially didn't even really want to go. But when I got there, of course, the experience was great. I just could not continue with all the stuff that I had going on in my personal life. Right. So um, it was just... Uh, it was kind of refreshing to just even being around people that uh, were really trying to do something with their life and with their, their talents and gifts, uh, whether it be in the field that they study in or if they just got stuff going on. And just to see some of the alumni that have been, you know, elected for uh, different uh, awards and nominated for uh, just being recognized, it's, it, it, it was refreshing for me to see. Mm-hmm. So uh, that in itself was like, thank you for thinking of me in that way. And then um, when you invited me to come to the event, and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I ain't gonna lie, I was a little bit apprehensive because I don't want to sit there and tell people that I didn't graduate. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to sit there and uh, make it seem like I was uh, somebody that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be your guest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a, a, I don't. I don't want to be a plus one. Right. But. Um, I probably, I really, um, like, I recently just got involved with the Urban League with the young professionals. Okay. And I'm starting to see where there's a lot of disconnect from people that are coming, like, from college and have career minds to, you know, people that are well-established in their businesses because mm-hmm. there's nothing really going on for the young professionals. And I know for years, I struggled, me personally, in my business endeavors on you know how to really just bring stuff together so I think uh, my relationship that I have with the YPs here in Jacksonville has caused me to get out of my own way mm-hmm. it's caused me to um, to realize yeah I might not have finished college but I still am trained I'm well versed in this and this is the service that I provide and this is what I can bring to the table Right. so you, you, do you need a resume or you need somebody that can do what you need done Right. so um, the invitation I saw it as that so I'll, I'll just start there so I'm going because this is what I normally go to I normally go to network mixers I normally go to events where this is not my profession but I go just to meet people mm-hmm. so I looked at it as that and when I walked in, I was, I know I was a little nervous because I didn't know how many people to expect. You know, I, I, my nerves tried to get the best of me, but I was like, oh no, we're at Gilbert's. I'm going to eat good. I'm, I'll be all right. <laughs> 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 I'll be all right. Because, you know, uh, you know I, I do restaurant reviews and all that kind of stuff as well. So right. I'm used to that setting. And I, I'm actually used to actually going there. So that was like a double plus for me. Um, but I knew that I was going to see you. And on my way there, I thought to myself, um, the two of us have really grown up because um, at, at one time I felt like okay I had grew up I matured and I let things go you still out doing your thing you know what I'm saying so I was like okay we, I feel like our maturity levels weren't matching because if I would have met you during that time where you know you were uh, really going through some issues I, I probably wouldn't have been able to really be there for you or be a friend Mm-hmm. And as as far as my definition of a friend, like we were in the beginning, mm-hmm. so um, on my way there, I just I just was kind of thinking over some of the things that you've been doing lately, even your affiliation with the the Black Alumni of the of UNF, and just seeing how you know you just been carrying yourself, and it's a lot in a lot more mature fashion. I was like, man, I might be getting my friend back today, and I, I got excited because like I I don't have too many friends. That I can say I've been friends with for years. Period. 
outside of Bernicia, which I've known a little bit longer than I've known you. And of course, me and Crystal went to high school together that I mentioned earlier. Um, <clears throat> I don't I don't have too many other ones, especially not ones that are active or in town that are close by or that I can see frequently, you know, and my best friend included. So it was just like, okay, um, especially with me just, you know, even trying to teach how to be a good friend, how to be a better friend. Like, it's, it's just a full circle moment for me. So I was excited on the way there. Um, and then to see you sitting there talking and to see you in your element, I stood there for a while just observing. And you seemed like you were having a really good time. But when you turned around, bro, your face lit up. And I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting you know, oh, hey, Tori, this is so-and-so, blah, 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 like for you to go in full throttle. But I saw a part of you light up. I don't know what that was, but it was cool. And I was just like, okay, what's up, Like, I felt like old times, you know what I'm saying? Just like, when I got, who got ready to take pictures with everybody, I'm like, oh, you need to the new blood up, like, for real. Um, so I was excited. Um, I was excited to see you in your element. I was excited to see you uh, interact with other people. Uh, so I can really get a gist of you know who you are now because I feel like I don't know you. You know, uh, social media doesn't speak much for me personally, but I was just able to see you uh, and what I, I saw is what I saw back then, if, if that makes any sense. So when I say you don't owe me an apology, it's like I expected X Y Z from you. I just didn't realize I was going to get a lot of BS in between, but. I still see who I saw back then. You know what I'm saying? As you becoming the man that you are and you doing things within your community and wanting to give back, wanting to do things in decency and in order. You know, I, I don't know. That's what I saw. Now, you tell me what you saw and I'm not totally different. <laughs> you, you, first of all, I'm, um, it's a lot of dust in this room, man. I, um, and you you heard me say this on social media um not too long after it happened um i i think like anybody who's listening to this podcast will know that like um after you left for whatever time remained before i finally just you know put it all down um i was constantly looking for your replacement like oh I know <laughs> like it just like that I saw and that's why, one of the reasons why I stayed away I was like no you you, you okay go ahead <laughs> I like I was I was desperately looking like because like when you walked out that door that day like you took part of my brain with me you know yeah. like, you know like there were like because and and now I'm sure you can understand this. Like there were sentences that I didn't have to finish. There were things that I didn't have to think about. There were you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, there were behaviors, good behaviors that I didn't have to have. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like indeed. You know because Toy is gonna take care of that. I, I can say some shit like, hey, y'all niggas, motherfucker, get this shit together, call, you know what I'm saying? And the toy is going to come back around and go, what he's saying is, <laughs> like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and and that yeah. was gone. And, um, yeah. you know, um, when, when I turned around and I saw you and you say you saw my face light up, it was almost like, it's almost like I have my fully formed brain again for the first time in 10 years. 
I was not going to give myself that much credit, but I, I would I would say, like, you, you see when someone makes an aha moment of an idea, it, that's what I saw. Yeah. That was dope. Yeah, and and just like and even even my my girlfriend said the exact same thing. She was like, "Oh, really?" Because I told her I was like, "Yeah." And Twitch just picked up my phone and she just went in my phone and she started taking. She was like, "She went in your phone." <laughs> Wait a minute now. But I mean, like, but but I mean, the thing about it is, is like you like that that was always the relationship. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like good, bad, and different. All the little dirty, nasty. Horrible things that I had done. Like you, you knew all the dirt. You know where all the bodies were buried. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. Like I, I don't know nothing. <laughs> I ain't in it. And I, I ain't in it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, like you know what I'm saying. To it, it was, it was almost like the ten years hadn't even happened. Like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's honestly what I what I had prayed for because um, it's just it's a part of me that I, I am. I'm intentionally reconciling things, different relationships that I may have had and may have not had uh, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I I think that it's, uh, it got in my thoughts real quick because I started doing something. Um, I think that it's important to, yes, you know, seek to reconcile things, but it first has to come with really dealing with what really happened and how you felt. And I think since I've had so much time <laughs> to do right. that uh, and so much time to grow up, even with those thoughts, mm-hmm. um, it was easier for me to pick up. Um, but I would have done that to anyone there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm just in that space where I am okay with just being myself. Right. Um, now, my me being myself to some people might be too much. And to others, it's like, okay, Toy, well, you know, let me know more about you. It, it just depends, of course, on the person. But if I feel like I don't have to introduce myself, I feel like I don't have to, you know, go out of my way and make make sense for anybody in particular, then why why would I treat you any different than, of course, you know me. Um, you know, I, you know that I wouldn't, you know, like as far as the phone thing with your girlfriend, you know I wouldn't go in there and do anything inappropriate, of course. Because mm. I wait until you got up from the table, you left your phone sitting there. I was just being funny, but you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, the point like, was, uh, was, it's just like it was just yeah. natural because we've been. Yeah, because you left her wide open, bro. I'm a kid, like I'm a hacker. I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so like that 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 portion of it, of course. Um, it was just refreshing for me because I met up with old friends and it's awkward. Like, yeah, I'll probably never do that again. You know, because, like, people change, people are different, you know. But I see that, um, like, it's taking the time to work through certain situations or certain thought processes or just seeing where that person is right now. And that's been my thing. I've been trying to observe whether it's not, whether it was even worth, um, you know, even trying to, you know, stay in communication with you. There's it's been plenty of messages that went unreplied. You know, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't intentional. Like for, for oh, I'm gonna make this this joke feel like I feel. You know, nothing like that, of course. Right. But definitely, I don't know how to deal with this, and I don't know if anybody uh, from from that time frame that can kind of help me and walk me through this. Because I didn't talk to none of them either. I just didn't know them. I fell out of contact. You know what I'm saying, and that's that's a difficult conversation to have with my husband as well because he don't know you. 
and she gonna probably look at you like, "Who is this woman?" You know. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't really have the opportunity to sit down with someone else and kind of sort through what I was thinking. So I really had to do it on my own. That took a long time. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's those things are key when you when you're talking about what's going on with anyone, uh, whether it be a business relationship or a personal friendship, um, whatever. I just think it would be kind of cool to have our significant others come together and, <laughs> and just so that they can get to know. And so it doesn't feel weird, you know. That's one of the things that I also was like, oh, I ain't gonna bother that. My husband was like, oh no. You know, <laughs> who is this nigga? Serious. Be like, who is okay. this nigga? Like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, um, well, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I haven't seen him really interested in any of my other friendships. You know, he'll he'll listen if I'm talking. I'm telling him what. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, who's that again? And he's like, oh, it was from there. I'm sorry, all of it. But other than that, you know, he, he's more of an introvert person. So I, my thing, you know, I'm not trying to have nothing in between us. I'm not trying to have those. And I was already quick at those assumptions from when we were working together. You know what I mean? So right. It just made it easier to say, well, don't worry about it. It's even worse. But, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't really be being true to myself. I just ignore things that, you know, I, I see how it affects you. So. Right. Well, um, before we put this to a close, I first want to say I'm I'm really glad we finally got to have this conversation, and I'm also you know because you and I talked offline before we started this podcast. There are parts of this podcast that are now in here that I wasn't expecting us the direction we were going to go in. Like I did, I was like oh, you ain't the only one. I was like oh, was okay. So we're doing that all righty then okay you, you, you cut it close <laughs> <laughs> you, you started it <laughs> but before um, before I let you go um, go ahead and talk about any things that you have going on how people can get in contact with you things that you got coming okay. up for people to be on the lookout for all of that kind of stuff okay so what I've been doing lately um uh, for people that know me or maybe still follow me, they know that I, I, I'm in love with the black community. Um, I wasn't really raised to be aware of a lot of things that are going on in our society as far as, uh, you know, the importance of black money, mm-hmm. black dollars, mm-hmm. finances, entrepreneurship. You know, I was always told, you go to school, go to college, you get a job, you get, you know. That's why I was put in the car to go to you know. So, um, I think lately I think I've really found myself and um, I see that there is a lack of support within our community. So I've been making my every effort to make sure that that lack of support is gapped. Um, by businesses supporting other businesses. Um, me personally, uh, I started a, a company called the Elite Group and um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Elite Group LLC. Um, and the uh, whole purpose of what I'm doing is kind of a collective of everything that I've been doing over the years. I help with small business support. I'm helping them get the social media going, uh, getting their planning and branding uh, together for their media content. Um, about a year and a half ago, I picked up photography, which I really love. But I picked it up because of the lack of being able to one either afford a photographer for business purposes or just wanting to... Uh, you know, uh, just watch my kids grow up. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've merged that into where I offer business services. Um, we do you know, product catalogs, we do business headshots, we do family and, and everything else. Um, 
as well. But uh, how it all kind of comes together within the elite group is, uh, you know, just providing a holistic approach. And that what I'm not able to afford a business to help them get jump started or to move and grow their brand, I've collaborated with other businesses to do the same thing. Of course, I still do event promotions. We have a couple of events that we'll have posted on mm-hmm. the page. Um, still in the works of, you know, kind of rebranding my website. Um, and like I said earlier, I started a personal blog, which is My Pretty uh, Ugly Life. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and YouTube, of course. The second episode just dropped yesterday, which is about me being transparent. So, like, this whole, you know, podcast has been, like, right on time, right on topic of what I've been going through in everyday life. It's really just dealing with some of the things that I've been through, thinking through them, seeing it from a different perspective, and then moving forward and, and changing. So, you have your own business. Uh, if you're interested in being a blessing to another business, uh, sponsorships, events, planning. Uh, my daughters, my two daughters just started a business where they do, uh, you know, party treats that you have at a baby shower or, uh, you know, cupcakes, pretzels, all those type of treats that you'll never have. I, I don't know, my mind's all over the place right now, but just check out Pretty Pretzel Palace. Um, I help manage their social media and manage them as a business, but I just try and teach them about entrepreneurship and how important it is to have your own and be able to, you know, uh, stick it in there over the years uh, or over the changes of, uh, you know, having a business and what it means to have a business um, within the black community. Um, I can't really think of anything else. I know I'm probably even on a whole bunch, but it is what it is. All right, man. Well, again, if you want to get in contact with us as far as the podcast is concerned, you can hit us up on Instagram, EST1984podcast. You can also hit us up on the email at EST1984podcast at gmail.com, man. Uh, You've been listening to uh, Miss Innocence, Toya Cousins. It's your boy, Boss Hog, Brandon Kobe Jacobs, Brandon Kobe Jacobs from Facebook, all of that stuff there, man. I'm so happy that I got to do this episode now that I got this out. Lord knows what the future will hold. Maybe I'll start getting some other stuff out. But but again, Toy, thank you so much for um, taking this time out. It, it really meant a lot to me. And I'm excited for other folks to get opportunity to hear this. And, and hopefully, um, you know, if they've got some uh, relationships out there, or some friendships that maybe have gone left and maybe they could have done something differently, maybe they can look at us and say, hey, you know, um, anything can be reconciled. It doesn't matter how much time there's been in between, like, you know, if two people want to step up and say, hey, let, let's try to fix where we went wrong, you know, that, that's always a possibility. So thank you for giving me the opportunity and the platform to be able to do that. It really means a lot. No problem. All right, guys. Uh, you've been listening to the Established 1984 podcast. Take care.